For us in South Louisiana, disaster is something we've grown accustomed to. It's been that way for a long time. For me personally, it was Hurricane Andrew. I was in sixth grade back in 1996, so you can do the math. It was fascinating. All the preparations and the wall-to-wall media. You're sitting around just waiting for it to happen. Things slowly deteriorate, the power goes out, and then you wake up to the aftermath. Of course, I wasn't a husband, father, or homeowner at the time. I was just a kid. Fast forward to today, and disaster has a whole new meaning for me. Storm anxiety is probably an understatement. As we record this, it's September 2nd, and tens of thousands of people are waking up to a new reality in the aftermath of Hurricane Laura, which came ashore in August of 2020 as a Category 4 storm in Cameron Parish, the southwest corner of the state of Louisiana. For our friends who might listen to this from out of state, just go ahead and Google the pictures. Widespread devastation, lives crushed. We are officially in the response phase of disaster, full-blown. Study the typical life cycle of a disaster and you'll know that there's a huge rush to respond when things fall apart. Whether it's a natural disaster or man-made, often the best in humanity is on full display in the immediate aftermath. I'm Ben Broussard with Catholic Charities of Acadiana, and this is The Need to Serve. The Need to Serve is a production of Catholic Charities of Acadiana. Today, we are going to visit with a friend of mine, Craig Henry. Having just returned from Lake Charles, Craig comes back a slightly different man. We'll learn a little about the man friends call Fat Cat and what makes him tick. We'll talk about the current response to Hurricane Laura and what changed in his outlook on disaster response. Craig Henry, coming up next on The Need to Serve. We've got Craig Henry with us. Craig Henry. From Lafayette, Louisiana? Actually, I'm from Acadia Parish, a little town called Midland, Louisiana. Midland? Uh-huh. Okay, so we are recording this on Wednesday, September 2nd. This is six days past the landfall of Hurricane Laura in southwest Louisiana. Midland, Lions Point, um, they, they got a little bit of damage from this storm. They did. In fact, uh, I have two family members who lost their houses due to a small twister that came through because of the storm. Uh, western part of Acadia Parish, on the Acadia Parish-Jeff Davis line, uh, actually sustained quite a bit of damage. Craig is with us. Craig is a local businessman. He is a member of the Axe community, the Cast community, man of faith. You are someone that responds Correct. when you get the phone call. And it, I, I find that you get the phone call often. How long has it been like that? Have you always been a, a responder? Actually, I have not. Uh, you know, uh, I started this back in 2016, uh, I think it was. And uh, Kim called me for a need that she has, a particular need that she had. And, uh, and I responded. And then I realized at that point that I was not doing all that I could do and that I had the capability of doing more. So that's what kind of ignited the fire for me. So that, that, was your, that was your point. Yeah. That was it. 
And Kim, he's making reference, Kim Boudreau, the CEO of Catholic Charities of Acadiana. Um, but she, so in 2016, that was the flood, of course, the flood of August uh, of 2016. And what was your role? Initially, I was getting a call from different members of the community because I'm known for cooking. And uh, me and my wife were just cooking at home organically just as it came in. And they would call us and say, hey, we need 10 lunches here. We need five there. And uh, it kind of opened my eyes to that part of service. But it also opened my eyes to uh, the inefficiencies in that type of service because often more times than not, we would get there and they had already been delivered food. And then so here we are trying to figure out what do we do with the food? We don't have a place to bring it. Uh, so that, and then in addition with uh, the floods, uh, you know, it just, uh, it made me realize that I needed to do it in a different way if I'm gonna be effective. Uh, and that response, uh, when Kim called then, we were cooking several hundred meals out the back of my truck. And, wow. Uh, trying to get water from a water hose and just hot sun. And we just realized, I realized at that point, if I'm going to do this and do it effective, then I got to take it to the next level, which led to me starting Holy Trinity. Okay. So Holy Trinity. So really the inefficiencies that you saw in responding to disaster in August of 2016, the floods of South Louisiana kind of gave birth to this ministry that you have now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, with that said, and uh, after 2016, uh, I had been toying with, am I doing enough in service? And and because of a faith organization I belong to, which is called Legatus, uh, they kept pushing me to, to go deeper and, and be more of a man of faith. And I was like, well, uh, this may be my calling. And I just had it was always there. I just didn't know it was there. Uh, so I reached out to my business partners and talked to them about uh, what my thoughts were. And immediately they said, we know that that's your gift. So if that's what you want to do, we'll help fund it. And so we all put our, uh, our mon monies together and we, we come up with a plan and we started a nonprofit, uh, built a custom cooking trailer, and uh, the rest is, how they say, history. That's right. And, and of course, pictures are great for radio. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I can tell you it is a beautiful trailer, and I see you on... Uh, the grounds of local churches, responding to disaster, helping out with organizations. So Yeah. And, you know, when there's not a disaster, we have turned our focus to uh, keeping people connected with, through, to Christ. And that uh, may be kids on retreat. It may be uh, kids at Wisdom. on uh, the They do, uh, they call Lunch with the Lord on, on the first Friday of the month. Uh, it may be uh, men's retreats. Uh, we've teamed acts retreats. We've teamed uh, cash retreats for men. Uh, and I see the fruits of the labor because it ignites other people when they see you in action. It ignites them to think about what can I do different than I'm doing now. And when they see how much happiness and love that is associated with it, they all want to emanate that. And so that, yeah, it's it's been great. It's been really great. How often in the course of, of you diving into this particular lane of service, of, of providing food, how often have you seen guys that have seen you do that and said, man, I want to do that? It, it's, it, it's more times than I can, I can name. It's unbelievable. And what's even better than that is that when people see Christ in you, uh, 
you know, I never, I never knew what that meant until I got involved in organizations like CAST and ACTS. Uh, and when people see you, Christ in you, it takes it to a whole nother level. And, and I, t- I told somebody last night, I was speaking to the Knights of Columbus about this same topic. And I told him, I said, you know, I've been in business for a long time and I've been successful, but no money can replace what you receive back from doing stuff like this. And, and often you don't even realize what you're doing. It's just when you're doing what comes natural and what you're designed to do, the fruits of the labor is enormous. Yeah. It just starts clicking. Yep. So fast forward to Thursday of last week, Hurricane Laura. We saw this storm come through the Gulf. It comes through the Strait of Florida as a tropical storm. And within a very short period of time, goes from a tropical storm to a Category 4 mm-hmm. monster. Makes landfall. You wake up on Friday morning. Did your phone ring or did you call? Uh, it was actually a combination of both. Uh, <laughs> me and Kim Boudreau know each other so well. Uh, but yeah, uh, we immediately started communicating and, uh, you know, Make sure you're ready. I, I had already been. In fact, I always leave my tra- my trailer prepared and ready for the next event. So when she was, she and I were communicating. I had very little to do because I was getting ready, and I had just assumed that my trailer would be deployed for cooking, and that's what I was gearing up for. And I was starting to round up the troops and and whatnot. And uh, then I got a, a call. Uh, I think it was Sunday night uh, after the storm, and my direction completely changed and to be honest with you it was humbling because when you go out and do what you're comfortable with mm-hmm. uh, it's one thing but I was scared to death because I didn't know what I was getting into now, what, did, what did she ask you to do she asked me to, to, to make a trip down to Lake Charles and meet with the sisters um, of Mercy who run Catholic Charities down there and just kind of put my head around what was going on in addition to she had already been down there and just so I could kind of get a secondhand visual and then report back to her on what I thought, how we could make this happen better. She knows that I have a transportation and logistics background, and she thought maybe I could give in that benefit. And uh, and I was able to help with that. And uh, I was able to see some things, and, and it really does help to get on the ground and see what they needed. Yeah. yeah. What did you see? Pulling into Lake Charles. Uh, well, I thought I knew what I was going to see. And, uh, I mean, it is like someone dropped a nuclear bomb and just blew up everything. Uh, just, I've never seen devastation like that before. Had we got the water that they told us we were going to get with it, I don't know what what they were, would have been to see. I mean, it's unbelievable news reports uh what people are showing uh is accurate but it doesn't show the magnitude of how bad it really is and it's unfortunate that we have so much going on in our country right now Mm -hmm. Um, we're reeling from a worldwide pandemic uh, election year social unrest struggling economy all these things Um, yet this happens and six days later 
the news cycles are already starting to change. Mm-hmm. But you saw it firsthand. Firsthand. When you pulled in, did you see other relief organizations, anybody else pulling in things? Yes. Yeah, so uh, the trip from Lafayette took us uh, just over three hours. Uh, and we were at, on average speed, making 40 miles an hour between Lafayette and Lake Charles and I-10. And it was all relief organizations heading that way. Uh, lots of relief organizations were already on the ground, especially the big international entities. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, people were already deployed and working. Uh, and uh, I realized soon after I got there that the biggest part of my reason for being there was really to see, but also to listen. And I, you know, people who know me, I, I got the gift of gab. But I, I had to keep saying myself, stay in your lane, because they just needed to talk. They just needed to, to get off their chest what they were feeling, because all of these sisters are not from here. And Sister Miriam, the nun who runs the organization, uh, is, is not from here either. So this is her first natural disaster that she's ever been in. And you could tell it was overwhelming. I mean, and she had never seen anything, and she just really... It's not that she didn't have the capability or the wherewithal to know where to go. It just, it was so overbearing that she couldn't put things together. And uh, we spent a lot of time just touring the facility, touring their new uh, convent, which is a miracle in itself. I mean, when she took us to the convent, every building around there was literally laid flat. Their convent, which they had just taken possession of a week ago, uh, they had been under construction for an extended period of time, renovating an old Catholic church that the diocese had donated to them to build their convent. The convent looked like it had never been touched, not a shingle missing, not a chip of paint gone. The only thing, they didn't have power. Uh, there was a non-denominational church actually right across the street from them, which was a brick building. All it was was a pile of bricks. Uh, so that was a miracle within itself. Uh, and the same goes for their warehouse. Uh, they're in a little industrial area. Everything around them had some sort of damage. Their warehouse sustained no damage. Uh, so there goes the power of prayer. You know, the, well, this side of heaven, we'll never understand. Exactly. But, but for the sisters to be able to know that's one less thing or two yeah. that they don't have to worry about. Exactly. And that they can better assess their situation and get to work with the, with the limited resources. Um in the Catholic Charities Network, we often talk about the power of the network because in a place like Louisiana or even Florida, disasters come. And if you are the one who is directly hit, often there are things about your operation that, that can't respond immediately. You have to rely on the people on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, here comes you. Uh, being sent by Catholic Charities of Acadiana and other people are deploying in from other parts of the country right now. What about this response? Did, did anything change in the way you see disaster response when you saw this? Absolutely. Uh, you know, being from here, uh, I've been through a lot of disasters and, and we take for granted a lot of things. And, you know, for example, I'm going to use water for an example. I mean, uh, water is readily available in these natural disasters now, but with FEMA, the National Guard, whatnot. Uh, and so, like, we would assume that water is something that's immediately needed. 
well, in their case, uh, you know, we got there and, and got boots on the ground, and we, we realized, I realized right out, the, they don't need water. First of all, they don't have any place to store it. Uh, and uh, water was readily available everywhere. And so that immediately started making my brain think, you know, okay, we need to start focusing on what they really need and not what we think they need or they assume they need. And look, I'm not trying to, to discourage people from giving. Uh, it's just that in today's day and age, we have a lot more better means to communicate via social media, internet, and whatever other sorts of means. Uh, and I just think that uh, in these cases, immediately after a storm, it's important that we communicate with whoever we're helping, whether it's Catholic Charities or any other organization, specifically ask, what do you need from me now? That way, when you get there, you can have an immediate impact. And, you know, that's another thing, too. Certain facilities have ample storage for stuff that comes in immediately. In their scenario, they did not. Uh, because primarily what they were doing prior to the storm was feeding the poor. And so they had lots of food and food products that the warehouse was full with to feed the needy. And uh, ironically, some of that stuff they, they can't use for this because of, and I was blown away by that. I mean, but anyway, that's another story. So I started realizing, okay, we need to start diverting some stuff. We need to stop, stop people from just coming here. And I'll give you an example with the water. The, the reason why I say that, uh, we were there getting ready to leave. Warehouse is closed because they, they just don't have anybody to staff it. And a truck pulls up with 40 cases of water. And uh, said, we'd like to donate. And sure, we'll take it. And he went on to say that they had bought 50 cases of water. And they went out into the streets to deploy the water in the streets. And they couldn't give it away because there was so much water already out because the National Guard was out deploying water and ice. And that opened my eyes because our first response is, oh, I'll, I'll go get a case of water. That's, it's easy. We, all of us probably have multiple cases sitting around the house. And yes, in certain cases, that's needed. But in that scenario, it wasn't what they needed. Uh, so yes, it opened my eyes on a lot of things about uh, communicating specifically what they need now. And I'll share another thing the sisters uh, asked for, and uh, something people never think about. They wanted boots on the ground, just walking through the neighborhoods, assessing what people needed, mm -hmm. and praying with people, and showing the face of God through service, not necessarily by bringing them something, but just showing that, hey, this is who we are, and this is why we're here, and this is what we do. And... Again, while we were there, we had received the, they received a call from a, a, a shut-in uh, who had no family. And she had been in, uh, somebody, somebody recognized that she was by herself. She had been in the storm without food or water since the storm had passed. And this is Monday. And immediately, the sisters, that's what they do. They, man, they, they just, they took off three of them in a van. And uh, while they were there, they did an assessment. They took some notes. Okay, does she have damage on her house? And is it something that we got to tend to now? And so my, what I'm trying to say is, is that sometimes it's not th just only donations we need. We need manpower who are willing to go and sacrifice time and just sweat and just do assessments and talk to the people and pray for the people and, and let them know that we're here. I think 
that sometimes when people think of that, it's the hard work. Right. It's the hard work. It's a little more complicated. Mm -hmm. But it's what the organization and what people need when they need it. Exactly. Uh, Not creating an additional burden on the responding organization. And one thing I noticed while I was there, too, uh, and and you, you see it and you hear it, you know, People who have kinfolks or cousins or neighbors that have friends, those people get lots of help because it's just the way we work here in South Louisiana. You tell me I need one, I'm going to show up at 10. But there's also a portion of this population that we serve in Catholic charities that are poor and they just don't have anybody and there's nobody looking out for them. And that opened my eyes as well because... You may see a house where you have 20 people cutting down one tree and they got a house next door and they don't even know that the person next door may be in need of something and they're by themselves. I say next door, it could be down the street. So with that said, Boots on the Ground helps find those people and ensure that they get what they need. Pretty sure the next day we had Father Champagne and the... Actually, Father was there the day I was there. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's another example. Uh Father Champagne showed up by himself, and uh, he, what you need, sister? And Well, I need to get this to there and this to there, but I'm the only one who can drive the truck. And people who know Father Champagne, he, uh, he jumped in that truck and he delivered it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and it, it's great to see Father Champagne out of his habit and just ready to go. Ready to go. Uh, and uh, the, his Cajun culture came out. Uh, he worked his tail off. Uh, it was uh, great to see him there, yeah. What kind of advice would you give someone right now? They're listening to this. They want to help. They want to help in Lake Charles. They want to help the people who've evacuated. Yeah. It, it, instead of just pushing forward and, and do it, how would they do it well? First of all, I want to say this. We can't forget about the people in our own Catholic Charities area and diocese because we do have people here that need our help. Uh, so yes, we want to help Blake Charles, but we also want to help our own. And I, I tell everybody that we need to be first because this is our own, but yes, we also want to help them. So yeah, a couple of things is communicate with the organizations that you intend on helping. Uh, find out specifically what they need. Don't assume you know what they need. And I use water as the example earlier, but I, I made a note to, to, to put this down. Plastic totes in a disaster like this People are going there to try to salvage what's left. And plastic totes come in so handy because they can get their stuff and they can carry it and they can put it in storage and it holds forever. Uh, that's something I never thought about prior to this. Uh, you know, I thought about, yeah, let's bring my case of water. But yeah, they, in addition to water, they got to pack this stuff up. And uh, so plastic totes is something that come to mind. Uh, you know, plan on storing your stuff that you're going to, accumulate and that you're going to pick up in donations, plan on storing it locally until they need it, until they tell you. That's a great point. I mean, as we're recording this right now, word is from Catholic Charities of South Louisiana that their warehouse is at capacity. They cannot take anything else. So what happens? You're a church, you're a school, you, you're on your neighborhood Facebook page and you've been doing drives for things, which comes from a place of compassion. Absolutely. But what happens when you load that trailer head toward Lake Charles, come to find out they can't take it. 
Yeah. And often the truck is booked on a one-way trip. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, communication in that regard, because everything that's going to be accumulated for these disasters eventually will be used at one point or another. But it may be in different times. So that's why I urge organizations, if you're going to do this, make plans to try to store some of it. Uh, and look, storing could be mean that you bring it to Catholic Chatteries here and we'll figure out a way to handle it and get it to them when they need it. Another thing is, uh, you know, try not to duplicate collecting the same thing. You know, here in South, and especially in Lafayette with all the Catholic churches, we're all connected so well. We all know somebody within each parish. So it would be, to me, it would be important that the parishes say, okay, look, I'm going to focus on this. You focus on that. That way we're not duplicating what we're collecting. And then we come together and figure out how we're going to distribute that. Uh, that, that came to mind on the way home. Uh, another thing is, uh, you know, again, Catholic Charities in Lake Charles doesn't have the resources we have. So when it comes to food products and sanitary napkins and all this other stuff that people need, communicate with Catholic Charities here. Hey, how would you normally pack this stuff up to distribute? So if you're going to put people in boots on the ground, maybe get your organization that you're collecting for to organize this stuff and pack it, pre-pack it in bags and boxes. That way, when it is shipped there, it's easy deployable and they don't have to try, try to find manpower to sort it out. Yep. Uh, that's a huge thing. Well, here in Acadiana, we're just so used to disaster. We train for it all year long. We have a very uh, well-organized VOAD, which means yeah. volunteer organizations active in disaster, who assist in disaster. Everybody's got a lane. You talked about that yeah. earlier. Gosh, I had to stay in my lane. Everybody's got their lane. Right now, Catholic Charities of Acadiana, through one of our programs, Rebuilding Together, we're actively doing chainsaw crew, muck out, tarping, uh, damage assessment. But Second Harvest Food Bank is doing perishable and non-perishable food donations. Exactly. They have space for it. That's their lane. Um, United Way is doing supply donations. They have a warehouse. They've got they got a place so that we're not all trying to do the same thing, duplicating services, it, and at the end of the day, not being a good steward of our donors' gifts, time and money and gifts. Exactly. Yeah, you know, uh, it's hard to visualize this stuff when you just you're just doing what, like for me, for example, before I got involved. Hey, we need something. Write a check. That's easy. Well, you don't get anything out of it other than you wrote the check and you get the, the, the gratitude that, hey, I'm doing something good with my money. But if you, if you like, while I was there, someone was wanting to give a $100,000 donation and uh, goes to show the difference in what we have and what they have. The first thought was just tell them to put a check in the mail. And I was able to sit down and talk to Sarah. I said, look, if they have a capability to wire it, wiring is going to be better than mail because the mail is not running and we need the money now, mm -hmm. not in a week. Uh, so stuff like that, you know, just, we have a lot of talents as people here in Acadiana that we can offer a lot more. And Kim pointed this out to me before I went out there. She said, look, Craig, you know, right now people are excited. And she said, but this is going to be a marathon. This is not a sprint. And so, you know, we need to try to work this through to where, in the long term, we're still getting the help that we need because I didn't, I, I knew that this was the truth, but 
it resonated to me while I was driving on it. We just finished our last house from the 2016 flood just a couple of weeks ago. Correct. Four years later, and that's a flood. This is going to be years of rebuilding. They're still doing long-term recovery for Hurricane Katrina, which was over 15 years ago. Uh, 9-11 in, in New York, Oklahoma City bombing, there are still open cases. That's when right. you talk to disaster responders, people like Tony Crater, he'll tell you that. People often bash on giving money in a disaster. Um, oh, I, I, I don't want to get, it's going to get wasted. Often, giving cash is the most compassionate choice for those who can, because an organization can very, in a very nimble way, efficiently purchase what they need when they need it, and often spend it in that local economy. It, it depends, and this is something where somebody has to look inside and say, where, what is my role? What's my lane? Right. Uh, am, am I asked to be a giver? Am I asked to be a giver of my time? Am I asked to organize in this? Uh, but it does take all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, in the world, cash is king. I mean, but, you know, I had somebody tell me, well, how am I going to how is she going to pay for her medicine? And, you know, that resonated with me. You know, that's why we need cash donations, because in certain instances, we're going to have to help people pay for their medicine or are we going to have to give them fuel cards, go buy fuel cards so they can go back and forth to Lake Charles to recover uh, or even here. So there is a need for cash. And, and, and I'm not trying to discourage that. What I'm what I'm trying to encourage is there's other ways to give other than cash. And if you actually get your boots on the ground and you go get involved and you see, then you have a connection. And often those connections can be lifelong connections where you can truly have an impact on someone's life, not only by what you did for them, but by the example in Christ that you showed to them. So when the history books write about Craig Henry, what is that one thing about your life that you want to make sure they get right? That... Uh, Often my words are interpreted wrong because I am a gift. I got the gift of gab and I, I say a lot of things that maybe not come out right, but my intention was always good. And, uh, you know, through my faith transition starting in 2012, uh, which led to where I'm at today and I'm still in transition, but it I finally learned that all the money, all the success, all the possessions that I have will not get me or my wife or my kids to heaven. And my ultimate goal is to do that. And so in order for me personally, I had to start changing the way I live. And my life of service is what I'm using to try to help obtain heaven for my wife and my kids. People call him Craig, friends call him Fat Cat, a man of God committed to service even in the face of trial. Craig Henry, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. You just heard Craig Henry, Acadia Parish boy, a man of faith, a family man, a man who reacts, who answers the call. Sometimes the phone call, often the heart call. Craig talked about his experiences in responding to disaster, especially reflecting on his trip to Lake Charles and the devastation there. A man who has not done learning, and that is something that I admire. You've been listening to A Need to Serve, a production of Catholic Charities of Acadiana. 
Catholic Charities of Acadiana cares for the sacred gift of all human life, especially the most vulnerable. You can learn more about Catholic Charities of Acadiana and our programs at catholiccharitiesacadiana.org. You got a question for me, shoot me an email, ben at catholiccharitiesacadiana.org. Till next time, I'm your host, Ben Broussard. We'll see you.